0: Vice President-elect Kamala Harris has resigned from the Senate ahead of her inauguration as vice president. Security across the country has been stepped up since the weekend in anticipation of fresh violence. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you.
1: Hello, I'm Jason Dick, and this is The Transition, a special edition of Political Theatre. It's Tuesday, January 19th, 2021. The last time we spoke with Jim Bendit, the author of Democracy's Big Day, the inauguration of our president, 1789 to 2013, we talked a bit about the upcoming inauguration of Joe Biden, and we were expecting that things might get a little weird maybe with this year's ceremony and that at a minimum, it would just be quite memorable. Well, that seems pretty quaint now. Uh, in the wake of the mob that tried to disrupt the democratic process, the counting of the electoral votes on January 6th, security precautions have been amped up to unprecedented lengths. More than 20,000 National Guard troops and a phalanx of law enforcement officers are in Washington to safeguard the attendees. The National Mall is closed off. The security perimeter stretches way past anything any of us have seen in any other previous inauguration. Oh, and it's in the middle of a pandemic that is still raging out of control. Hi Jim.
0: <laughs> hey Jason. Not much going on.
1: <laughs> no, and and I must say that that's just nervous laughter on my part um, because, uh, well, you know I'm I I live in DC and it's um, I live on Capitol Hill and it's uh, it's I feel um, that I've never seen anything quite like this and I'm comforted by the professionalism, you know, of of the way that security is ramped up, but it's really um it's it's a little nerve-wracking at times. Um tell me, I mean, you know, we um we were discussing a little bit right before we came on about how anytime you write a book uh about, say, the presidency, as you have uh, and the inauguration ceremonies, it's 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 quickly out of date just because we keep going. Um but as you know, as a as a historian, and as also as somebody who has really you know tried to attend as many of these ceremonies as possible, uh, in in uh, you know just on a personal basis and a professional basis yourself, what are, what's going through your mind with what we're seeing right now?
0: What's going through my mind is how sad this whole thing is. We are used to it. Uh, democracy's big day—that's the name of my book, and it's a, about our great celebration takes place on January 20th every four years. And I love all the aspects of the day, starting at the beginning of the day when the outgoing and the incoming presidents get together at the White House and then the procession to the Capitol. So we're not going to have those things this year. Um, and that's Donald Trump's decision. He's not going to be at the ceremony, the first president to not appear at the inauguration of his successor in 152 years. Now some Trump people might think that that's great and I know plenty of Biden supporters who think it's terrific that he's not going to be there but I don't think it's really great for democracy I don't think it's really good at all for what it shows the world who's watching.
1: And uh, ab- about that I mean some you know there there has been um a, a not insignificant number of people who have questioned whether we should have even had this inauguration um, but I also understand that much like Congress wanting to get back into the Capitol as soon as possible after, on January 6th uh, and continue with the county of the Electoral College, there is a symbolism that's at work here. Even if you've got eight foot tall fences and and all these defenses, talk about, you know, like put this into context for us that we haven't seen anything like this, but it, it this does seem more like an important thing. Uh, for us to observe just as a, as a country, like uh, the symbolism of it?
0: Yes, your analogy is good. They got back to work on the night of January the 6th and the ceremony is going to go on. And the most important aspects of the ceremony are the, the taking of the oath by both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the inaugural address. So those major aspects of Inauguration Day will go forward in the regular location, the same location that our inauguration ceremony has uh, taken place at, on the west front of the Capitol since 1981. It's going to be there again. So it's, I think I agree that the symbolism is important that our democracy continues despite what some people might want.
1: And I mean, the. I guess also when you think about Biden's journey to the presidency has been one that is just, has been this long journey and filled with tragedy on a personal and a political level. Um, And, you know, he'll be the oldest president ever inaugurated. And then Kamala Harris will be the first woman, woman, the first uh, woman of color, (laughs) you know, the first South Asian woman. Um, And, you know, Justice Sotomayor, uh, the first uh, Latina Supreme Court Justice, will swear in, swear her in. I mean, there's going to be a lot of big stuff going on
0: too. Absolutely, and that part is great. That part, that's the that's the part that I'm looking forward to.
1: I take it you are you are going to watch this uh, as as somebody you know uh, as, as steeped in the history uh, of, of it and and really being you know a, a, an historian of the of the ceremony. What are you what what are you looking for? You know, as as both a you know just as a citizen and as an historian.
0: Well, the main thing I'll be looking at will be all the differences that we're going to have this year. I mean, I've studied all these inaugurations. I've seen every one of them on either TV or on old kinescope films going back to 1953. So. I mentioned the fact that we're not going to have the early morning meeting of the old and the new. We're not going to have the procession. But then also we're not going to have the traditional inaugural luncheon. There won't be the regular inaugural parade. Instead, they're going to have some kind of virtual parade. We won't have the inaugural balls at night. So the whole day is going to be different. So I'll be looking for all those differences. I also always look to see what kind of quirks and screw-ups Botched um, oaths, whatever kind of thing like that might take place. So I'm looking for the uh, traditional as well as the odds and the ends.
1: One thing that occurred to me is that with, I mean, maybe this is just my, you know, my pop culture hat uh, that I put on when I when I saw some of the uh, folks who will be performing. But it seems to me that with in the, in the choice of having both Lady Gaga and Garth Brooks performing, uh, this. Seems to be sort of like a, 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 at least some sort of like push to say like you know they, there's you know the people these are two people who appeal you know disproportionately probably to different uh, parts of red and blue America but there's room for them on one inaugural platform. Did you what do what do you think about that? Is my do you think that's uh, <laughs> like some somewhat rings true to have uh, Brooks and and Lady Gaga on the same ticket?
0: <laughs> I agree. That's more symbolism and it's it's. Part of Joe Biden's theme. We're going to hear an inaugural address tomorrow, and the theme is going to be one of unity. I have no doubt about that. I'm sure he'll talk some a few specifics, but an an inaugural address is only about 15 minutes in length, 20 at the most. So his main theme is going to be one of wanting to try to bring our country together. It's going to be very difficult after all we've been through, but having Different kinds of performers, such as Lady Gaga and Garth Brooks. That's good symbolism in that regard in terms of unity.
1: And, you know, with the exception of Jimmy Carter, who is 96 and, you know, is is still, you know, kind of dealing with uh, cancer, uh, fighting that off. And again, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We'll have all the the former presidents. We'll have Bill Clinton. We'll have Barack Obama. We'll have George W. Bush. And one thing that I noticed, uh, this sounds a little... um, different that usually like in 2013, Biden and Obama went to Arlington uh, for, for like a moment of, of kind of remembrance on, uh, of, you know, fallen veterans and so forth. And, and this time it sounds like all of them are going like the Bush and Clinton and Obama and Biden are all going to Arlington. Is that, has, has there been anything like that in the, in the past that
0: you, that you know of? I don't call anything quite like that at all. Yeah. But, um, You'll have the time to do it. There's no inaugural luncheon. There's no inaugural parade. So that's a great gesture. It's a great, another great symbolic act of showing Democrats and Republicans together. So looking forward to watching that as well.
1: The uh, um, you know the, the, there there have been some shifts in venue you know the the it used to be on the east front before um you know before it just sort of outgrew like how the, what the east front could absorb in terms of attendance and so forth and I, I mean it it occurs to me that in 1919 you know we we were in the middle of another you know pandemic uh, the 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 influenza pandemic that killed millions of people um, and um, and i but i don't recall hearing anything about like you know like like the, the any kind of precautions that they were taking it didn't seem like i mean granted we don't, some of the records are a little spotty uh, even with the senate and house historian and white house historian's offices but i don't recall any i mean there was nothing like what we've been going through like this this year with the, the pandemic pre-
0: preparations Well, that's true and then um, because it was in the year that you mentioned 1918 1919 um, neither the inauguration of 1917 nor the inauguration of 1921 were affected. Right. So this this one happens to occur right at an inauguration time when we're in this pandemic. So we've got all sorts of complications this year with the pandemic and with uh, Trump and the and the riot that took place on January the sixth. It's definitely an inauguration like none other.
1: And I, one thing that I was struck about with you know. Like, perhaps this is me like sort of stretching for some kind of silver lining in this. but um on on Capitol Hill, yesterday, I was going for a walk uh, with with my wife in the afternoon and and we came upon Lincoln Park, which is about you know, eleven blocks from the Capitol on East Capitol. And uh, you know, there's a statue of Lincoln. There uh, and also of Mary McLeod Bethune, uh, who was, uh, you know, one of uh, Franklin Roosevelt's, uh, you know, top education advisors, and uh, they they sort of buttressed this. Uh, basically, it's a big dog park. <laughs> I mean, even though it's a park, park, it's it people take their dogs there, and the na- there was a National Guard uh, staging area going on. there there were, there were a lot of National Guards troops who were staging themselves uh, in Lincoln Park. And when, when we first came up on it, we just thought like, oh, this is just this weird, sad moment, you know, to see soldiers, you know, um, citizen soldiers even, you know, like, you know, kind of having to buttress this. And then we went in to the to the park and they're all like petting the dogs. And <laughs> and like, there was this, it was this great moment that we, we talked to this one guy who is an MP and a lieutenant. And we found we asked him where he was from and he was from Chicago. And then it all clicked that like one of the reasons that like they were so gathered, all gathered around the Lincoln statue is that they're from Illinois. And for a lot of these troops who are, you know, like we've even got, you know, we got people from all over the country. This it almost seems like it has a potential to, to make it more real because inaugu- the inauguration can almost be kind of abstract for people if you're not here. And we may not have all the people that are gathered for like, say, you know, any regular inauguration. But having all these troops here is it's interesting because they they want to see more and they're hoping that they can go and see some of the National Mall even though it's closed off. And I don't know. I, it, do you think I'm being kind of Pollyanna-ish with this?
0: That is as good a positive spin as I've heard about all these <laughs> groups being in Washington, that's a good one, Jason.
1: I mean, it you know, it's it's weird because I, I live also by the you know by the armory, uh, the DC armory, which is by the old uh, RFK Stadium, and you know, it, it it's sort of stunning to see so many people uh, gathered. So many, you know, like there's a lot of uh, folks from the the region, you know, who drove there and and they they ran out of parking. They had to park at the at a nearby high school. Uh, and, you, you know, you see some equipment, some of which looks like it's, um, you know, surplus from the 80s or 70s even. Um, and then uh, then it becomes obvious that like, oh, these are these are people who, you know, are, are used to, you know, being plugged into these dramatic situations, but m- some of them have never been here. And so I thought, well, this, you know, again, I, I don't mean to be, you know, grasping for silver linings, but it seemed like. Um, there, it's a lot less abstract for for a lot of these folks who are coming here to protect, you know, protect us.
0: Well, let's just hope that um, the, the planned protection goes off as planned because we've heard the stories that some of these National Guard people are being vetted. There's fears that somebody could try to pull off an inside job. That would be the worst thing that has ever happened in this country. So. Please, let that, let that not be the case.
1: And, and I, I wonder also, like, I mean, if, if we do manage to, you know, if this does kind of go off, you know, in, in a way where we get everybody safely inaugurated and safely, you know, sort of through the, through the doors and so forth. Is this the kind of stress test on democracy that, like, could actually strengthen the, the you know, the, the way that we approach our government and our, our faith in it? That's
0: possible. That's possible. On January the sixth, when the Congress went back in session, Vice President Pence brought the session uh, together, and he made a made a little speech, and he said, "Let's get back to work," and that was his way of saying, "We're going to be strong, even even though we had this horrible event take place earlier today. We're going back to work. We're going to be strong." So. By analogy, yes, the, uh, the inauguration tomorrow and and the work in the days ahead could be a very strong uh, signal for America.
1: Well, Jim, I'm really glad that we got to to touch base with you again because um, you know, again, we we were expecting that it was going to be um, memorable, but I mean, I, I I think that this will be among <laughs> the most memorable, among the most studied, uh, you know, sort of. Uh, symbolic uh, events uh, in in for quite some time. And I really appreciate you helping us uh, put
0: it all into context. For sure. Thank you, Jason, so much for having me again. Always good to talk with you. Good to talk with you too.
1: That's going to do it for this edition of Political Theater's The Transition. On behalf of the CQ Roll Call Newsroom, thank you for listening.